Hey everyone, it is another day of God's grace and you have found Alter Echo and that makes me very happy. This is Pastor Andy Smith, St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Let's come into the presence of God together and join our faith. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Alter Echo on the first weekend in May. April showers bring May flowers, they always have said, and the May flowers are meant to perk us up and really uh, give us some new life. So I'm welcoming you to this podcast as we start to launch ourselves towards summer. It's such a good time to be alive. I saw on Twitter this morning someone say, Twitter isn't any fun anymore. (laughs) I'm a Twitter user, and I've noticed the gravity and the heaviness of Twitter, particularly over the last year, but even before that. And so one of the things that comes to mind for me today is that I've always been of the mind that we create the environment that we want to create if we do that actively. If we don't, somebody else is going to create the environment for us. And that's always kind of been consistent for me with things like nature abhors a vacuum. That's exactly right. When there's an empty space, unless we step in and create the environment in that space that we want, which hopefully is life-giving and and, uh, dynamic and full of faith and hope and optimism, somebody else is going to step into that vacuum and, and do it for us. So I guess this is one way for me to say today that here we are in the season of Easter, And why would we not, again, as God's people and as people of the risen Christ, why would we not redouble our efforts at saying to ourselves, we are going to lead in creating the environment of Easter in our daily lives. That means in our home and in our workplace and in our community and neighborhood, in our families, in our relationships with everybody that we're with, why wouldn't we redouble our efforts and be the the light of Christ that Jesus calls us to in the Sermon on the Mount, the salt, you know, the flavor and the zest? Why wouldn't we be the ones who would do that? So it's a great calling for us as we launch into this month of May and as we have a sense that what is ahead can be impacted and should be by the people of God, the people of the risen Christ, who are people of faith, of life, of hope, of optimism, of help, of care, of love. <laughs> you get where I'm going with that. That's what our faith is all about. So should we get to the text and then to our message? The text is from the 15th chapter of Acts. It's called the Council in Jerusalem. And I'm going to read this text, and then you're going to hear as we kind of peel it back a little bit and figure out what this text is trying to do for those people who are the first Christians at the beginning of the Christian church. Acts 15, 1-18. Then certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to discuss this question with the apostles and the elders. So they were sent on their way by the church. And as they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, they reported the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the believers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. 
But some believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees stood up and said, It is necessary for them to be circumcised and ordered to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders met together to consider this matter. And there, after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, My brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that I should be the one through whom the Gentiles would hear the message of the good news and become believers. And God, who knows the human heart, testified to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And in cleansing their hearts by faith, he has made no distinction between them and us. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing on the neck of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. The whole assembly kept silence and listened to Barnabas and Paul as they told of all the signs and wonders that God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, My brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first looked favorably on the Gentiles to take from among them a people for his name. This agrees with the words of the prophets as it is written, After this I will return and I will rebuild the dwelling of David, which has fallen from its ruins. I will rebuild it and I will set it up so that all other peoples may seek the Lord. Even the Gentiles over whom my name has been called. Thus says the Lord, who has been making these things known from long ago. Everyone, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, let's come in prayer. This is a powerful passage today. We have famous apostles like Peter and Paul and even James, who was the brother of Jesus himself who are bringing this truth to us. So, let's pray, everyone. Holy God and living Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You, to whom alone our glory should be given. Amen. All right, so this week, the title of this message is To God Alone the Glory. It's kind of similar to the question I asked you of you last week. What is your purpose in life? Well, your purpose, we said, was to give glory to God with your life. So today, here's our, here's our connection. The title is To God Alone the Glory. So everyone, happy May Day or May Day plus one to you. (laughs) If you're listening to this on Saturday, it's May Day. If you're listening to it on Sunday, it's May Day plus one. I want to ask how we cannot be excited to get to this point in May and to start to think about summer and warm, beautiful days ahead. And, And around us, especially up here in Minnesota, God's creation is coming alive again right before our very eyes. Everything is popping out right now. You know, when when we were kids, my mom made May Day baskets with us, and we <laughs> ran around the neighborhood on May 1st every single year, hanging these little cone-shaped baskets made out of construction paper and whatever little craft items we had at home, and filled with candy. And we hung them on 
doorknobs in the neighborhood and did a little ding-dong ditch kind of a thing. Ringing the doorbell and then, of course, taking off as fast as we could because the game was nobody could see us. If we did it right, nobody would see us do this. It really was fun. And yet, we eventually kind of aged out of that tradition, which was fine. And it actually may speak to the focus story today that we just read about the council in Jerusalem in Acts 15 at the very beginning of the Christian church's existence and mission in the world. There is a lot of backstory to this. But I'm going to challenge you, after we're done today, to just get your Bible out and go to Acts 1 and read through chapter 15. It won't take you long at all. Suffice it to say, though, for this message, that perhaps the chief hurdle the church needed to get over was this. Is this new church, based on Jesus' message and way, in addition to the Old Testament scriptures, only meant for Jewish people? From whom Jesus came, who subscribed all the Jewish law and customs and traditions, or... Is it also meant for non-Jewish people, new believers, in this expanded understanding of God beyond the Old Testament because of Jesus Christ? The stickler in this story is that the argument boiled down to the primary sign of Jewish people keeping a faithful covenant with God. Circumcision. Hmm. It's a male thing, (laughs) a guy thing. But a man's circumcision in that patriarchal time showed his whole household's commitment and faithfulness to God. So the issue was, can we make Gentile, non-Jewish men, especially men who are older than the traditional eight days old for the ritual circumcision, (laughs) which pretty much means almost everyone, can we make them go through that? Is is this getting too PG-13 for you? (laughs) I'm sorry about that, but, but here it is. This is right in the Bible. Do they have to become Jewish before they can become Christians? Well, circumcision was the gateway into faith as far as Jewish people were concerned. Even Jesus was circumcised, remember? Go back to the beginning of Luke, the gospel. It marked them, circumcision did, as the chosen people, the people through whom God came to the world. But I think the best part of this story is that two things happened simultaneously. One, those people who remain Jewish and are Jewish to this day even, find the covenant of circumcision to be a holy, sacred experience of belovedness by God and of faith in God. You can't deny that. It's beautiful. And, and we honor that. We, we need to, but should want to, honor that. We Christians need to find in Jewish people's faith a sense of marvel at the same love for God, the same glorification of the God of the universe and the God of salvation that we experience with our faith. Secondly, that story indicated that 
For Christians, circumcision wasn't the gateway. There was something beyond it. In fact, it wasn't anything we ourselves could do. It's called grace. You heard it in that text. It is what we now understand as the singular non-negotiable of our faith. I'm going to say that again. Grace is the singular non-negotiable of our Christian faith. It's called justification by grace. Christians believe that no one, not one single person on this earth or in all of history, is excluded from Jesus dying and rising for them and for the world freely. No one's excluded. Not even someone who doesn't want to go through with circumcision, like a Gentile, a non-Jewish person in the first century, or a Gentile like us, (laughs) see, in the 21st century. Not even anyone who's been made to believe they are unworthy or lesser than people who try wrongly to make that determination. Not gays or lesbians or transgendered persons. Not people who suffer with mental mental illness and are stigmatized because of it by others. Not immigrants from other countries who are wrongly demonized. Not kids bullied in school. Not even, by the way, those who do the stigmatizing or demonizing or bullying wrongly. No one is excluded from the grace of God through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Throughout the Gospels, throughout Acts, and especially in this story, and particularly in Paul's writings after this, the inclusion of the Gentiles in God's covenant of grace with the world and for the world. Also broke down all barriers that separated people and especially stratified them. Paul famously and transformingly renewed with his hearers what he knew from his encounter with Christ himself, even if it was on the road to Damascus. There is no longer Jew nor Greek Male nor female, slave nor free, Paul said, all are one in Christ. Was there a gateway in that named that we needed to go through, something we needed to do in order to be brought into this covenant of oneness in unconditional love with God? No. This is the power. Grace from God this one-way gift of unconditionality took care of it. Jesus' death on the cross to all the separations that sin causes between us and God and his being raised in the resurrection with God's full-on power, God's full-on power to create new life for everyone did this. It's called grace. Jesus justifies us with God, makes us right and in alignment with God. Jesus does this by his undying love for all people, all humanity, all creation. God's all in with us. (laughs) That's the beauty of of this. And, And we have nothing that we can do to make that happen. God does it all on God's own. 
So to God alone, all of our glory must go. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Now, let me go back to my little May Day analogy for a second. What did that experience teach me in relation to this? It taught me that it was okay for me to age out of the tradition of ding-dong ditching with May Day baskets. In fact, if I was still doing that, because I thought I had to keep upholding that tradition, it, it, it'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? 56-year-old guy running around the neighborhoods, hanging baskets on doorknobs and ringing the doorbell and chase, running away. Hmm. Holding on to traditions, as good and edifying as they may be and are, isn't the ultimate thing. Only basking in the unconditional, accepting, forgiving, redeeming love of God our Savior, the Lord of our daily lives, the Lord who brings this love into every detail of what we experience, good or bad, and then letting that undeserved love shape us in everything we think and do and are, that's the ultimate reality, basking in that unconditional gift. It's the one non-negotiable of our faith. God creates this environment for us. Everything else, everything else, is what we call penultimate, below the ultimate. I'm going to frame this this way for us today. I've kind of marveled at what we at St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, have experienced in the last 15 months due to COVID, but of what all of us have experienced. There has been, I know, enormous heartache, for sure. And, and there's been fear and anxiety and impatience and even anger and misunderstanding. We, we, we know this. But one of the things it's done for us is that it has forced us to adapt to doing things differently. Who would ever have guessed, for instance, that we up here in Minnesota would take church service out into our parking lot each week for the better part of a year as our solution to not being inside but specifically to not infecting each other and then the community around us as a contagion with a virus that is very potentially deadly. 575,000 people have died in the last 14 months from COVID. God's love and our love for others took us out to the parking lot rather than digging in our heels because somehow worshiping inside was some grand, never-to-be-messed-with tradition, see? Worshiping inside, in the sanctuary, is penultimate. We don't give our glory to a worship service in a sanctuary. Worshiping outside displayed the ultimacy of Jesus saying to us, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. This is ultimate. God's grace toward us unconditionally is meant to be modeled by us as we do that for one another. 
Jesus free, outpoured, unconditional, joyful love for every single human being and creature on this planet is what justifies us and aligns us with God. So Jesus is our gateway for Christians. And we then get to show we understand this and put our faith in this by doing the same for one another. So everyone, to live in grace, it's the best. And then to live with grace, it's part of the best. To God alone be the glory. God creates this environment for us. Our traditions may change and will and honestly should, but God's grace never does. God's grace is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So, to God's grace alone be where we place our ultimate glory, love, thanksgiving, and praise. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory, dear friends. Alleluia. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.